Hi, and welcome to Season 3 of Emetophobia Help. I'm your host, Anna Christie, licensed therapist, author, and recovered emetophobic. If you're enjoying this podcast or you find it helpful, you can buy me a coffee for a couple of bucks or a couple of pounds. Just scroll down in the notes to see the link. Well, I'm very excited to be here recording today with child psychologist, Dr. Erin Neely. Um, Dr. Neely works with children uh, on the autism spectrum, as well as kids with anxiety and PANS. And she's in private practice in New Hampshire in the United States. And the reason um, that I asked her to, to come on is because I found her book. I'm always looking for books and things about emetophobia. And she has written a book called Emetophobia, an ERP activity book. And it's absolutely a beautiful book. This is when I'm kind of sorry that I have a podcast and not uh, on like a YouTube channel, because it's just so colorful and funny and cute and and a, just a beautiful book. So welcome. Aaron. Well, thank you. That was all very kind. It's lovely to meet you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Maybe you could start by um, just kind of sharing with us the inspiration you had behind writing this book and um, what you hope that, you know, I assume it's for kids. So it is, yeah. What, what you hope kids will get out of it. Yeah. So I often treat children who have emetophobia. Um, and as we know, kind of the primary treatment for that is exposure. And I often make uh, different kinds of handouts and tools and things to use uh, with my clients. And I just wanted to put together a book that I could share with other therapists, ideally to save them time, um, just to give them to do the work for them so that they could just yeah. buy a whole book with all of the tools and things in it for working with a child with emetophobia. Right. Well, you're a woman after my own heart because <laughs> I, <laughs> I, as I reach a kind of retirement age, I, I tell most people I'm going to work till I die. So I've yeah, probably got another 20 kid. years to go, but <laughs> I, I think about, you know, that proverb about give a man a fish he can eat for a day, but teach him to fish and he can eat for a lifetime. So I think mm -hmm. about, sort of educating other therapists, because there's not a lot known about emetophobia. Like, how did you get into it? You know, what was your first experience of it? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I've been doing this work for a really long time. I don't know that I can remember the first one. <laughs> um, but a lot of the children that I see have have emetophobia as well as other phobias. I mean, oftentimes I find that if a child is afraid to vomit, then they're afraid of, of lots of other things. Right. And so I really had to, I, it, it was in my training, obviously in graduate school, uh, how to do ERP. Um, but obviously, you know, when you're working in the field, you need to continue to develop your skills and develop some comfort with it. Um, so I really just started educating myself about it um, and and being as creative as I can. You know, kids don't let you just sit and talk at them. Mm 
Right. Uh, you have you have to have games and you have to be funny and you know there's lots of things you need to do to keep their attention and to make therapy, you know, not boring drudgery, but something that they enjoy and feel empowered by. Um, and so that's kind of where where a lot of those tools came from was that sort of spirit. Yeah, that's that that's really interesting. I mean yeah, I, I was gonna say I was shocked to to hear that you learned any of this in school, however, oh. however long, unless you just graduated. But uh, no. I don't think so. No. <laughs> um, but I'm sure you learned you learned uh, about ERP exposure response prevention. Um, yeah. I, have you come across therapists? And I ask this because I have come across therapists that do CBT and they're willing to do the cognitive exercises with clients like restructuring, you know, people's thoughts, the way they think about what they're afraid of and so on, but they're mm -hmm. not willing to do exposure. Have you found that sometimes? I do. Um, and I think it comes from people's discomfort with discomfort. I mm. think, you know, therapists want to be helpful and to make people feel better um, at the heart of things, right? Um, and the idea of making, especially a child, you know, that's where my expertise is, the idea of making a child uncomfortable on purpose right. um, is not a popular idea. And so there are mm -hmm. therapists who really avoid it, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, which is a bummer because it's kind of one of the best treatments for for all kinds of anxiety is to go go do the uncomfortable thing. Right. Yes. In 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 and in a way that you can cope with it little little by little. That's usually. right. Yeah. In small yeah. doses. Exactly. Right. And and baby steps. Sometimes sometimes mm -hmm. steps are very baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, as and sometimes small as they need to be. Right. Yeah. Other people can take giant leaps from time to right. time. But exactly. Yeah. I think um Dr. David Russ, that uh, the child psychologist who I, I just published a book with, he says yeah. something about, I'm going to make you scared on purpose and your parents are going to pay me for it. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and it's, kind you of. know, try to just kind of be a little bit, um, a, a little bit funny, I guess. Sorry. Yes. But, um, there's a kitten scratching at a door. So oh. we're going to see whether that's, whether we'll he see gives how that, that up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Cut all of this bit out and let him out. Anyway. No worries. Um, it, it really is a, a beautiful book. Can you, you. kind of give like a, a little bit of an overview or, um, of some of the key activities or exercises in this book and, you know, how they, how they are helpful? Yeah, sure. So it's designed to be used for sort of the whole range of uh, emetophobia. Um, and so it starts with exposure to words. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's different kinds of word activity. There's sort of like a Mad Libs kind of game in there. Um, there's a word search. There's coloring in words. Um, and then it kind of moves on into introductory level sort of visual cartoony kind of images mm -hmm. of vomit <laughs> and vomit related things. Right. Um, and then it's got 
some pictures, some actual photographs of vomit. So you can draw a picture around the vomit. Um, and then it kind of ends with doing things that might actually make you a little bit nauseous. Um, mm-hmm. And the very, the final activity in the book is actually, um, <laughs> call it barf bingo. And oh, so yes. you can get, you can check off the different bar, the different activities um, and it's sort of a culmination of doing all of the exposure sort of all in one. Right. This barf bingo is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, read in the car, make some fake vomit, pour soup mm-hmm. in the toilet. I'm just picking out a few things. Make a video of you fake barfing. I mean, kids would love this stuff. Um play guess this smell. That's yep. funny. I, I'm sure that's a game you <laughs> you play. I don't know what it is, but um yeah, poor yeah. It's um it it's it's pretty cool. And it's not over it's not overly gross, I have to say. Like, you know, there's sure. something horrible mm-hmm. in it, which I think is important. I know some therapists also have their clients watch um YouTube videos, but I go through them and put them on my website because some things I think are even too gross. They're, you know, they're not going to sure. help you get better. They're just something no one wants to see. That's right. <laughs> it's like, oh, why would you, <laughs> why would you, uh, you know, have, have kids? Um, yeah. Those links on your website are really great. Yeah. I'm, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm always, um, trying to keep them current and relevant. And, and yeah. now David Ross is, um, he's drawn the, a lot of the cartoons that are on that site now. Yeah. So I can't, I only draw stick figures. So I'm yeah, very appreciative of, of that. Yeah. Um, and so do you envision that this, this book would be something that therapists would buy uh, and give to their clients? Or do you have any thought that it could be used in any way as a self-help or for parents to help? Yeah, that's a really good question that I kind of struggle with. Um, because you have to get kind of the dose right. Although I, you know, mm-hmm. I have listened to your podcast and listened to other people talk about how they've kind of self-helped it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps maybe an adult could do that for themselves. Um, but with children, I think I, I would, I am cautious to have it be a self-help kind of mm-hmm. situation because I think parents really want their kids to be better. Right. Um, understandably so. Um, and I would hate for them to push too hard because they can make it worse if you push yeah. too hard. Um, and so it would be a good idea to have a, a well-informed person about how to help you choose the right dose, like the right level right. of exposure. Yeah. 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 That's, that's probably true. I'm, I'm kind of, um, it, now that we have a book out and and we have a website up and I have this podcast, now I'm thinking yeah. about people who don't have any money or insurance, you know? Yeah. And so I'm just right. kind of thinking, oh, okay, what could I do? How could I, you know, um, yeah. I am running some classes for, I'm going to try that with 10 people in the class. Oh, cool. See how, you know, just, and for a very reduced 
you know, nothing like 10 sessions would cost um, yeah. with a therapist. But yeah, people with kids, I think you're right. Um, I've even, when I was working with children, been scolded sometimes that I wasn't pushing enough, you know, that, mm -hmm. I don't know, have yeah. you experienced that the child doesn't get better fast enough? Or? Yeah, <laughs> as fast as people would like, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of happens all the time. And it's, it's, it's hard to change takes time. And it's hard to see your child suffer. Mm -hmm. um, so people really understandably want their child to get better as fast as they can. Right. Um, and as a therapist, it, it really is one of my values to help people get better as fast as they can. You know, I really try to work as swiftly as possible. Um, but, but people are people and they're going to do things at their own pace. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I know that when I was a child, of course, there was none of this knowledge around, unfortunately. Right. But mm -hmm. I did go to several psychiatrists, and I don't know who else, <laughs> maybe psychologists <Right. laughs> when I was a kid, I don't know who they were. But yeah. they they were, sometimes they would know what I was afraid of, and they would kind of throw it all at me in a sense of talking about it. And that made me just not want to go back. I'm talking about being about eight or nine years old and thinking, oh. I do not want to go back. I don't want to talk about this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and sometimes I think you probably have, have you found any examples of children that can't even like, they don't even want to hear the word or for sure. Yeah. And yeah. so, so where do you start there then? I mean, they don't even want it. They don't want to, uh, this workbook yet because they don't want to even think about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did. There's one activity in the book for that sort of thing where um, it's just a picture of of it's multiple photographs of food and it's talking about eating. You know, who, what did this person eat? Is what the mm. task is, and you try to identify all the different kinds of foods, and that's sort of a a pre exposure oh, <laughs> exposure because okay. it's literally just to foods. And so there is a way to work around it. You know, you, you start with um, hinting at it. You can start with, you know, you start with what are the things that you avoid and you give the child a chance to tell you all the things that are dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, and you really help them feel like you, you hear them. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the things I'm avoiding because they're dangerous. Um, and so you take all of that really seriously and you can catalog it. Um, and eventually you kind of get to the place where, um, sorry, that was my, I don't know if you heard that. Okay, I'll turn it off. Um, <laughs> I apologize. Mm -hmm. Eventually you get to the place where as they talk about what they're avoiding, they start getting into how that has gotten in the way of their life. Right. You know, like the birthday party they can't go to or the car they can't get in or the mm -hmm. vacation they're scared to go on because it means getting on a plane. Mm. Um, you start to gently kind of have those reminders of all the things that emetophobia has taken away. Right. Um, and then you start with, you know, what, what would they like to get back? You know, what's important to you? What do you miss? And you start with their goals. So you really establish that trust. Right. You don't throw all the scary things at a person mm -hmm. in the beginning because that's a violation of trust. You know, they really need to feel like you're on their side and that you care about the same things that they do. Um, 
And then, and then you just really hold really clearly, like you deserve access to the whole world. Mm. You know, this is all you, you should have the same access to everything. Um, right. And eventually they, they kind of come around to that. They, they, they develop the anger about what a metaphobia has taken away and some motivation to, yeah. to do the hard things. Yeah. That, that's really, uh, um, I can, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm sitting here, of course, I get to look at you. Um, and you are, right. you have such a lovely demeanor and a beautiful face that that just exudes, you know, warmth comes out of you. And, um, but that's important with adults, as well right. as children, right? <laughs> and some, some therapists, maybe, maybe, maybe they, they could you know, concentrate on some other areas. Um, <laughs> at least from the stories I hear, the stories yeah. I hear from my clients who've had yeah. really bad experiences, and miraculously, they're willing to try again with someone right? else. You know, which is so honestly a miracle because they've been treated um, with mainly with misunderstanding. I would mm -hmm. say not so much treated with abuse or anything. or anything. It's just yeah, yeah it's just a, just complete misunderstanding um what do you find are uh, you know so there was a thank you for that answer about how you how you even start with with a child that doesn't want to talk about it um and that's shows the value i think of being with a therapist if you possibly right. can to have your mm -hmm. child you know because i think parents don't think of backing up and and you know sitting in that place where like tell me everything about your life and you know I don't because I don't know but what do you find are some of the common challenges along the way as kids are going through this work and how do, how does the book address that mm -hmm. um so you often find once you've established motivation for change um, there often comes a point where they're, you know, they're doing their homework assignments, they're doing ex their exposures between sessions diligently. Um, and then there's sort of a place where the rubber hits the road, so to speak, where now it's time to do something harder, right. you know. And so, and that's when you really have to figure out, you know, how small does this step need to be in order to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it takes a fair amount of creativity. Um, and that's kind of what I was hoping that the book would help with is mm -hmm. that creativity, like what's going to be the next kind of exposure. Um, you know, it's really not the book is not sort of a how to or a manual right. mm -hmm. in any way. It's really just activities. And so mm -hmm. my hope is that as people need support for the creative steps that have to happen along the way that they can pull out the book and be like, Oh, we haven't done this yet. Mm. Or we did something cartoony. Let's, let's try doing a photograph this time. Mm. Um, and so I'm just hoping it supports people's creativity. Cause I feel like that's the hardest part about doing ERP. Right. Yes. And I think especially with kids, because you have to not be boring on top of <laughs> on top of being yeah. effective, right? Yes. But yeah, I like that that you could you could almost use it as a you know like um, 
You don't, it, it doesn't have to go in order from page one no. through to the end page. And uh, there's a really cool, um, a very cool table of content. It's an annotated table of contents, which is great because it, it, that little annotation, you know, on, uh, so say there's a, there's a blank page, for example, draw vomit and your annotation says doing this activity as the therapist side by side with the patient allows the therapist to choose what to put in their vomit picture. Given the person's history, the conversation while drawing can be about colors, textures, and foods. So that's just an example. Really brilliant. Um, yeah, that's, that's really, a bit of an exaggeration. But. Uh, is it? I don't know. I mean, it. it's not just a blank page draw vomit, right? It's got, yeah, know, it's almost like you've got little hints, little helpful hints. Yeah, I wanted to give a little bit of some ideas about how to use the pages, because mm -hmm. with many of them, there are kind of multiple ways of using them. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um Aside from uh, from this book, do you have other strategies or resources that you would recommend? We do have quite a few therapists listen to the podcasts. Mm. Well, any other things that you would recommend for working with kids with emetophobia? Um, I feel awkward doing it, but I would actually suggest my other book. The, okay, um, oh, sure. The, uh, the A to Z Guide to Exposure. I can show you, although people oh, won't necessarily okay. see it. And it's, it's sort of a, it's an A to Z guide. So from like airplanes to zombies, mm -hmm. um, it's just lists and lists and lists of different kinds of exposures to use for different fears. Oh, and it's cool. not just emetophobia, but for all the different things that kids can be afraid of. Right. Um, and so, and again, I find that if I see a child who has emetophobia, they often have other phobias as well. Right. And so I even while writing it, I was finding that I was pulling the book out just to, just again, to be those reminders of what are the different levels? What are the different mm -hmm. steps? What are the different size doses of an exposure to a particular thing right. um, that you can do? Um, yeah, and it saves um, time for therapists and clients building a hierarchy too, which right. I, I found when it but way back when I had a metaphobia as an adult and went to therapists and they wanted to build a hierarchy, I actually didn't know what a hierarchy would be. I, I was other than saying, if I'm anywhere near anyone who feels sick or, or vomits, I'm absolutely terrified. If I'm not, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, so that, that was no hierarchy and they, and they would get sort right. of frustrated, but, um, which is why we kind of have our website in a high, it's in a hierarchy. It's in an order. It's mm. not, you know, perfect for everyone. But yeah. um, some of the research would suggest that you don't have to do everything in absolutely perfect order perfect anymore order. with yeah. uh, with ERP anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I, I I could sit and talk with you all day about your. <laughs> practice. Absolutely. And, um, oh, I was going to ask before, was that the book that you wrote with someone else? The, it was, yeah, ABC? with um, uh, with uh, Dr. Don Hebner. Right. And I think for some reason, we know her. I can't yes. remember. I think David 
Rust knows her. Oh, uh, yeah. Or she's written other books by herself, perhaps. She has, for sure. The um, Facing Mighty Fears About Throwing Up. It's That's another right. yeah. smaller book for children. Yes, and that just... Which is more of a manual, like not a manual, but mm-hmm. more of a how-to self-help model. Right, that and that just came out as well, I think. Mm-hmm. It's yep. amazing how in just the past three years, there, like there was nothing on the market, and now it's oh, just... Wow. it's. Uh, there are three self-help books for emetophobic adults and our book for therapists and a number of different resources for children. There's one called Tummy Troubles, I think, um, mm-hmm. by Jane I saw that on your website, Roche, yeah. I think, and, um, and the other one that David Russ wrote and published himself. He put it up on Amazon, I I, th- I can't remember what it's called. Sorry, David. <laughs> He's not listening. <laughs> but you know what? If you go to Let's Amazon, he is listening. <laughs> yeah. um, if you go to Amazon and just put in emetophobia under the book section, there isn't very much. So it doesn't take much to kind of comb through. And there are a few sort of scammy ones that, but I usually buy, right. buy anything new that I see. So, mm. well, um, you have been a wonderful, wonderful guest, Erin, oh, and, and I think that it, it's really helpful. I just really want to plug this book, and I will put a link to it, at least for Amazon.com, in the show notes. So if people are listening and want to order it and look through it, or if your child is going through um, treatment for emetophobia, you could uh, give it to their therapist <laughs> or recommend right? it. Yeah. That would be a good idea. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, lovely having you here. Thanks so much again. Thank you, Anna. It was lovely to meet you. And I appreciate all the work that you've done to help people as well. Thank you. For you therapists who are listening, Dr. David Russ, child psychologist, and I have a new resource website for you at emetophobia.net. And there are self-help instructions there as well if you're looking for exposure resources. Um, People with emetophobia, I have a new Facebook group that I made called Emetophobia No Panic, which has very strict rules and is more about sharing success, therapy information, and so on, more so than the other groups. 